Kaden PR acknowledges the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to the Press Office with Kate and Co PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the second season of The Press Office with Kate and Co PR. We are thrilled to be back here, bigger and better than ever. And trust me when I say that this season is filled with an amazing lineup of guests from all walks of life within the fashion, media, lifestyle, PR industry. So there are a lot of good episodes coming up. But to kick us off with a little bit of a bang, I thought... Who better to speak to than the very reason that this show actually exists? The founder and director of Kate & Co PR, Kate Keane. I was very, very lucky to work with Kate over the past three years and she is just someone who leads the team with such grace and humility and intelligence. I have learned so much from her so I'm really hoping that from this episode you learn even more about her, the agency and why you should be wanting to apply for Kate and Co PR if I say so myself. Kate has had a very decorated career in the PR industry, one that would be of envy of so many people. And I'm not going to get into it because she will explain at the very start of the interview of how she got into the role and what some of her career highlights have been so far. So I'm just going to launch straight into the interview. And as always, if you enjoy the episode, Please like, share, subscribe, rate, review. It really does mean the world to us. Now, before we get started, this is the most nervous I think I have ever been for an interview. It is quite surreal interviewing your former boss, so I feel like the pressure to impress is definitely on. But today I am joined by the one and only Kate Keane, the founder and director of the very reason that this podcast exists, Kate & Co PR. Now, firstly, Kate, thank you for joining me and also letting this show be what it is. For many, I am sure you need no introduction, but do you mind introducing yourself, what you do and how you got to where you are today? Thanks, Marissa. I'm a little bit nervous too. This is a very um, surreal experience being on our uh, first podcast, but you're doing an amazing job, so thank you for hosting. My name is Kate Keane. I'm the founder and managing director of Kate & Co PR. I've been in the PR industry now for over 20 years, which feels like such a long time and obviously 
sounds like I'm very old. <laughs> I started out um, as a 19-year-old when I finished university. I had an internship at another um, or at a Melbourne PR agency, a fashion and lifestyle agency in my last year of university. And I continued to do that internship throughout my last year. And at the end of the year, they offered me a role. I was so beside myself with this full-time job you know, in this really very cool agency. I remember sitting there at the reception desk on my first day, just thinking, this is really bizarre. I feel, yeah, I didn't feel like I deserved to be there. Um, Everyone was so amazing and so kind of fashionable and cool around me. And, you know, it was just a team full of very amazing publicists. So I stayed in that role for um, six to seven years. I worked on some amazing clients um, like Melbourne Fashion Festival and and lots of really huge national, international brands. It was a really wonderful experience and I had a very good relationship with the managing director and my group account director. I decided to leave. I mean, I was there for such a long time and so I decided to leave and sort of spread my wings working as a freelancer. So I set up shop at home. My husband remembers me on the very first day going up to the office, sitting at the desk, and he's like, have you got anything to do? And I said, no, I don't. (laughs) But I went up there anyway and sat in front of the computer and started making some phone calls. I, I landed this great account with Maya running their uh, spring, summer and autumn, winter fashion launches. So once that kind of kicked off, I, I realized that I needed, I needed support. I needed a team. I couldn't do that on my own. So I employed my very first team member. Her name was Gemma Sampson. And funnily enough, she actually went on to work at Maya later on in life. She's not there now, but she was in the Maya PR team for quite some time. So after employing Gemma, I started to do some branding work on the business and, you know, it it became, you know, a fully fledged kind of PR agency, I suppose, of two people. We named the business Kate & Co PR and since then it's just grown um, and we've got a, a team of 10 at the moment. We usually sort of fluctuate between seven to 12 employees, depending what projects we're working on and what clients we've got. And of course there was COVID. For a period of time, we also ran a second business called The Co Collective, which was an influencer agency managing talent. It was a really exciting time. It was when influencers were sort of becoming, you know, a bit of a a thing, I suppose. The PR business grew so much though, that we weren't able to manage both. So The Co Collective no longer exists and we just run Kate & Co PR. And you have had such an amazing trajectory from your very early days. And I think anyone who is interested in especially lifestyle and fashion PR knows Kate and Co PR. I think I started following the Instagram account when I was maybe like 16 in high school because I knew that was a world that I wanted to explore. So you've done an amazing job. But I guess going back to the very, very early days, was PR something that you always knew you wanted to do? Not really. It wasn't, I actually didn't really know what it, what it was. And I think that is actually a bit of a problem today. Not many people understand what PR is. And I don't even know really if my family understands even what I do now after all this time. So I didn't, I didn't really understand it. I didn't necessarily know what it was, 
Um, I had my sort of perceptions around what it was, but but not until I started working did I, I get the full understanding of, of what it was to, to work in a PR agency. I think uni was such a great grounding, but what you learn at uni doesn't necessarily set you up for agency work. I think it sets you up for perhaps working in-house or perhaps in some sort of corporate role, maybe a crisis communications role, but it didn't necessarily set you up for working in an agency, which is so fast paced, really quite intense in the term in terms of the number of clients that you might be working on, the diversity of the tasks that you might be doing. So I certainly didn't really understand all that at all. And it wasn't until I was working in an agency did I think that this is really for me. I I loved it. I loved the nature of the work. I'm also a bit of a people pleaser, which isn't always a good personality trait to have, but I think in PR, it actually really helps because we are in the people pleasing business in PR. So that having that personality trait has certainly helped. I love the yeah, the fast paced nature of an agency. And that first year was really when I decided that this was the the career for me. It's funny that you mentioned that you didn't really know what PR was because that's the exact same answer that I would have as well. I studied I wanted to study journalism, ended up studying advertising and then kind of was like, mm, I want to be in media and comms, but not sure where I fit in. And then got into PR. But if I knew about it from the start, that 100% would have been what I wanted to study and be when I grew up. But no one knows anything about it. My parents still don't know either. (laughs) I know. It's so, it's really one of those careers. It's like, what is that anyway? It's always like they open the newspaper and you're like, I did this. And they're like, your name's not there. That's got another journalist's name. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not what I mean. (laughs) I know. I know. It's, it is tricky. And I think, I mean, sometimes the clients also don't necessarily know what we can deliver and what to expect from us. So it is it is an interesting industry to be in for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, I agree completely as well. Working in-house and working in an agency is a completely different ball game, but there is nothing quite like the rush working in agency. Like it is so fast paced, but it's so fun. And there's so many stories that will just like stay with us for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I know, I know. I've got, yeah, many funny memories actually. <laughs> the best ones are always eating pizza in the middle of the night, the night before a big like racing carnival or something, trying to get ready. <laughs> I know. Oh gosh, yeah. I remember talking about those Maya fashion launches when we did them in Sydney. You'd finish up the night and you'd be absolutely starving. So we all went out and ate pizza, you know, at midnight at some dodgy pizza place in in Sydney. It was, but it was such a lot of fun and such great team building as well. It was really, yeah, fun. And you have started to touch on these throughout some of your answers, but you have had quite a decorated career in the business. So I would love to know as well, what have been some of your biggest career highlights? Yes, I have done a lot of exciting projects. So I think when I first started out, one of my clients was the Melbourne Fashion Festival and it was when it was sponsored by L'Oreal Paris and it was the L'Oreal Paris, yeah, L'Oreal Paris Melbourne Fashion Festival. It was such an exciting time for me. You know, I was relatively new into the industry and working on such a high profile, large event with fashion designers, fashion media, people were flying in and it was really one of my earliest memories of of such an amazing project to work on. 
Since then, um, we've worked on Fashion Festival again, working with Virgin Australia as the naming rights sponsor. And we did this amazing campaign called A Runway in the Sky. So we did this fashion runway on a plane flying from Sydney to Melbourne. It was such an amazing campaign, honestly. The, The coverage was huge and the the campaign itself actually even ended up as a finalist in some PR awards as campaign of the year so that was that was super exciting um the Melbourne Cup Carnival has also been a big one for me in terms of the many different brands that we've worked on in terms of their sponsorship and their marquee so between 2014 and 2019 were probably the biggest um, carnival years that I can remember. And we worked across Maya, Lavazza, Emirates and Schweppes over that time. Today, we're still working on Melbourne Cup Carnival with Lexus and Penfolds as our clients. So that's a really, that's a huge campaign lots of fun but Marissa you will remember working on one previously yeah it's a lot of lot of hard work but they're they bring back fond memories I also went to Las Vegas with um, the late Shane Warne and managed his PR for his entry into the World Series of Poker that was really surreal I mean what a guy he was he yeah he People just flocked to his personality and even being in America where no one really knew him as much as Australia and kind of India and and the UK, just his charisma really drew people in. So that was incredible. And we we managed lots of radio interviews and Today's Show came across um, and we also took a journalist. So we did, there was a um, a full kind of PR um, contingent as part of it, but just seeing him over there, you know, and working with him in person was really, really quite amazing. And and being in Las Vegas too, that was my first time to Las Vegas. So that was fun. Probably more recently, I think some of the big highlights include winning the Coles account. This was such a huge pitch process and it was actually really a dream come true. I mean, Coles was a client that we, we really were, you know, wanted to have and thinking about that for for a long time and it's not often that those sorts of clients um, do have a tender process so we were lucky enough to be invited to join that process and ended up winning the account so we're into our fourth year with Coles and we love we love Coles and we love that account so that that was really a dream client to win and then even more recently Lexus is probably the other one that was a real highlight I mean luxury clients are always really interesting to work on and and Lexus is is quite amazing in terms of what they do Um, they're an amazing business and the sponsorships that that they have and the the ambassadors and and they host this uh, wonderful loan program it's a really really exciting client to be to be part of another really exciting event that we love working on is Melbourne Fashion Week so we worked on that for the last couple of years which is tough because of COVID COVID, um, but we were really lucky because that event actually was the first event out of lockdown. So it was a huge success and we're so thrilled to be working at, on Melbourne Fashion Week again this year. Yes, you have definitely got some great career highlights there and I'm glad that I was a part of some of them just in a little way. But yeah, you have been doing such an amazing job. What What's next for you? Do you have like a dream client? Or is there something that you've always wanted to do that you haven't done yet? 
What's next for Kate Keane? Hmm, that's a really good question, Maurice. I think I think just growing our portfolio in general. I think we we have a strong fashion showroom um, and fashion client base, but I think that would be an area where we'd love to to build upon um, and maybe get on board some more national clients. I mean, look, NGV Gala is such an amazing event to be part of that. Even if it was one of our clients sponsoring that event, that would be quite amazing. We'd also really love to expand maybe into into the US. So so LA is the obvious choice. There are so many Aussies over there anyway. Um, we have quite a few connections. So that may be something that we look to do in future. We've got the Melbourne base, we've got the Sydney base. So I think the next natural step is somewhere like LA or maybe even New Zealand. We've got a number of New Zealand clients on board. So that's also could be another opportunity. I'm sure the team would love to have offices uh, based in New Zealand or LA where we can travel to. That would be fun. Yeah, I'm coming back for that. <laughs> yeah, the LA one for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see myself in LA. Now, I'm sure everyone listening along would be so impressed by what you have achieved so far. And for anyone who is, you know, just starting out their career as a publicist and wanting a job at Caden Co PR, what would be your advice? So first of all, I think apply for as many internships as you can whilst you're at uni. This is really the only way that you can understand how an agency works. And we often actually, when we've got a really great intern, if they happen to be in there last year, we'll keep them on in a paid role, just working when they can in between their university commitments. But And they stay on and then they ultimately get a full-time role once they're finished uni. So I think internships are really valuable for both parties, actually. So that's that's my first recommendation. I think it's really important to, to research the agency that you want to work with. So if it's us, really deep dive into our Instagram account, into our website, check out our LinkedIn. I think it's, you need to, if you really want to work for us, you need to know what we're doing, who our clients are. And and also I think looking into those things really shows what our culture is as well. And that's really important now. I mean, it always has been, but more so particularly after we've had such a rough couple of years. So I think researching the agency is is a big, a big positive and something you should be doing. If you've got any examples of work like a media release or any written communications, maybe you um, wrote a blog or maybe it was even just a uni assignment, maybe bring that to share with the people that you're interviewing with because, you know, it's it's good to show examples of work, particularly when it's your first job, because, you know, it's very much an unknown in terms of your capabilities at that point. So anything you can bring along is a great help. I think it's important too to have a really keen interest across all forms of media. So obviously digital media is the way of the future. But there is still traditional media to consider. Magazines are still around and, and even radio really is is a traditional form of media. So even though Instagram, TikTok, podcasts are certainly 
making a huge wave, it is important to know your magazines, your TV shows, your radio shows, because these are still really important, particularly to brands that have been around for a long time. Not all of them are ready to jump into a TikTok campaign. A lot of them still do very traditional PR campaigns. So working in a PR agency isn't always just about social media. There is a lot more to it. So if you've got some sort of knowledge around traditional media and and maybe read the weekend news papers occasionally, which I'm sure is such a rare thing for young people living in a digital age. And I I really, I really do understand that. But I think you'll be better off if you do have a little bit of knowledge in that space. I think the last thing I would say there is also be prepared to work hard. I know the goal is really to kind of get your dream job and work up to have this amazing career, but you definitely do have to start somewhere. So I think be prepared to work hard, but also have fun and don't, don't take yourself too seriously. I think, you know, it is PR, not ER, as we say, but you do need to, to get in there and, and kind of hustle. So we can be really busy with pitching or proposals or events or fashion parades, race days, photo shoots, restaurant launches. There's so much, and it is really fun. You should look to it as a positive and, and really take it take it all on. I agree. And yeah, especially that point about research and researching the agencies, I think even the ones in the same kind of field and genre of PR, they still have very different vibes of the office and like their lifestyle. So for me, when I was first trying to get a job in PR, I followed all of like the agencies that I thought I wanted to work with on Instagram and on LinkedIn and just checking out the work they were doing and became quite obvious that I thought I would fit in really well at Caden Co PR as opposed to some other agencies as well. So I think it's just, you know, doing that research, making sure you're comfortable, but the hard work does pay off because you then get to work on some like amazing campaigns as well. So it's a catch 22 there. And from your end, what makes a good publicist? I think you need to be quite confident. It's, it is hard to, to have that level of confidence, particularly if you're new into a role, but it's worth working on that because PR is a lot about talking to other people. We're pitching a lot. We're picking up the phone to talk to journalists. So having confidence really does help because I think that's one of the key sort of elements of of PR is talking to people. I think you need to be well organised, particularly if you want to work in an agency. It is every day is different. There are multiple clients that you might be working on. There may be multiple campaigns, events, travel even within those events. So I think being well organized is certainly going to help you become a good publicist. Having a true interest in both social and traditional media makes a really, really good publicist. And having your finger on the pulse. So that's with pop culture, of course, but news events and who's who in the influencer landscape. I think that's really important. Probably the very most important thing is knowing how to find the angle and being able to to think like a journalist. So when you work in, in an agency or even in-house, you know, your job is to, to achieve coverage on, on your client or your brand. To do that, sometimes you need to think outside the square. I mean, just because a brand exists doesn't mean it's going to get PR coverage. So there's often a lot of work to be done 
on finding what those angles are, thinking outside the box. Can we rely on some data to set up some trend stories or is there a new event space that we can be promoting or can we sponsor an event and amplify the sponsorship? I mean, they're quite big things, but ultimately knowing how to find the angle is really, really important and being able to work out what the journalist will be interested in because they're not always just interested that the brand exists. That's sometimes not enough. That is some very great advice. So thank you for sharing that. From a more of an agency perspective, I would love to know, and for any brands listening along, what do you think the point of difference is at Caden Co PR? So I think our team is really driven and we do have such a long-standing reputation. So I mean, I've been in the industry for sort of 20 plus years. We've got a really strong leadership team in Danny Saracci and Amanda Granger, who've also been in the industry for a number of years. But they, they, the three of us form such a strong leadership team that I think is really important. We've got an amazing account management group of girls and I think the their dedication and motivation is actually what sets us apart. Their, their drive to succeed for their for the clients is really quite incredible. We are very results driven. So I think that certainly is of benefit to, to our clients. Very important for us to build um, successful strategies for our clients. So we never use a, a sort of scattergun approach or let's wait and see. We're always thinking about what the strategy is and, and how we'll roll that out. So I think those the, the building of those strategies and being um, so results driven is certainly quite important, obviously, to the to the clients and something that we work really hard on. The testament to the team is so true. When I worked there, everyone was so hardworking and it was such a team effort to really get those great results for our clients. So you have definitely hit the nail on the head there. And from your perspective, has it being difficult running your own business. I can't even imagine starting my own business. So you are killing it. But yeah, are there any days that you wish that you didn't run Caden Co PR or are you like, this is the best day of my life every day of my life? <laughs> I think, look, there are so many times when it can be really difficult. I think with anything really. I mean, <laughs> if you've got kids, you certainly love your kids, but it's not the best day ever every day. <laughs> So it, it can be really difficult. There's lots to consider, like managing financials can be can be tricky sometimes. Um, you've got to ensure there's enough income to manage the staff. There's also the many changing needs of the staff and, and things like navigating COVID was really um, something obviously that none of us knew what to expect. So there's certainly difficult times, but I've never thought that I didn't want to do it. I never thought... I wish I was doing something else. I, I truly do love running my own business. I love the team. I think we're such an amazing group of people. As a team, we're really, we're really authentic. And I think that makes a difference. I think we take, you know, no bullshit. We're all, we're all there for each other. And I think that really helps too. So even in the difficult times, the fact that we're in it together is is reassuring and, and really helps. Um, and as you know, 
as they say, there's always a silver lining. So I think everything happens for a reason. So if something's not going the right way, then we just need to turn it into something positive. Yeah, I I could not have said that better myself. I agree. And, you know, working for you was such a great experience too. You were such a great and caring leader. So I think the team only works as hard or as well as the people leading them. So yeah, both yourself and Danny and Amanda really do lead the team in such a great way. So I guess from my end, thank you for that. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Marissa. We loved having you and we miss you. I miss you too. I miss you too. And usually on the show, we have journalists on here and we try to find out like what is their favorite way to work with a publicist and if they have any PR pet hates. But I would love to hear about this from the other end of the spectrum. But yeah, what is your preferred way to work with a journalist? I love picking up the phone and talking to someone. And interestingly, I was never always a very good writer. I mean, I could write, but it wasn't my strength. And that's actually a bit interesting because I'm running a PR agency, but it was, I'm obviously much better now. But even when I started my own business, writing wasn't a strength, but my strength was my relationships and picking up the phone. So I think I still love picking up the phone. It's it's just having a conversation and, and talking through, you know, a pitch idea comes so much more naturally to me. It's funny. I think like the younger generation, like we're scared of the phone. We're totally scared of the phone. It's all emails, you know, like we'll be texting journalists before we call them. But I think towards like my end of my time, time I would just call journalists because I just wanted to get it done and it is so much quicker it is way more effective and I also just like built relationships with these journalists so much quicker over the phone yeah absolutely I know I think it's the efficiencies I'm a bit impatient actually so I think the fact that I can pick up the phone have the conversation and get the response um suits my impatient nature yeah I think it's good to be a little bit impatient though (laughs) sometimes yeah sometimes and I guess from there what what do you think is the best way for PRs to build relationships with journalists I think it can be really difficult and, and that's that's a real shame. And I think that's only at the moment post-COVID. There hasn't been a lot of um, in-person opportunity to, you know, at events or even taking journos out for coffee. So I think over the past two years, anyone that was starting out, it's been pretty tricky. I think moving forward, though, the best way to build relationships is just to start conversations with, with people. If you're working in another agency, I'm sure you've got senior people that you can lean on to go with when they might go to a photo shoot or an interview or even when they're meeting up for coffee or lunch with journalists, you need to just start getting in front of them and building a relationship and finding a common ground. I mean, they are people as well and they do have their own interests and you never know, you might actually hit it off and make friends with someone. Another really great way to build relationships is standing on the door at events, which sounds really (laughs) a strange thing. But if you're standing on the door and you've got the iPad, people are coming up to you, telling you their name and you're ticking them off, you're actually doing that whole face to name scenario and you're doing that over and over again and I I remember that was my first role for the first couple of years when I started and and I knew who everybody was and having that knowledge and and the fact that I could put their face to their name was so was so unique like not everyone 
can do that because they didn't have that opportunity. So I think if you're already working in an agency and you manage lots of events, go and stand on the door with the iPad and tick everyone off as they arrive. It, it's really, it, it does really help. I have to say being on the door was one of my favorite jobs. I loved it. I feel like at the start, no one wanted to do it. And towards the end, everyone's like, I want that job. I want that job. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I know. It's the best way to have a natural conversation with someone as well, rather than walking up to them in a room, um, you know, inside the event. It's sort of much easier to say, hello, how are you at the door than than approach inside. So yeah, I think, I know I used to love it as well. It was, yeah, it was my favorite. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think this conversation reminds me of uh, one of the interviews I did with Jane Rocker last year and she was saying that she would chat to publicists all the time whether on email or phone but one of her favorite conversations in like the past like six months obviously it was during like peak COVID was this publicist just gave her a call and they asked her how she was going there was no pitch they just wanted to check in on her and she said she was just so appreciative of it. It was so caring and kind and genuine because there was no kind of motive behind the conversation. So I think, you know, actually being genuine with your conversations and connections with journalists or anyone that you meet is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, they are they are people too. And so, yeah, they certainly struggled through COVID, that's for sure. So they do they do appreciate just a chat sometimes rather than a pitch. Now, I'm a little bit scared of your, your answer for this question. As, as the big head honcho, what are your pet hates for publicists? <laughs> Good question. What are my pet hates? So I said before, we are a really authentic group of people. I think one of the things I don't like is when there the publicist makes it about themselves rather than the client i think that can happen in this industry and it's not necessarily the style of pr that we like to do so you know you need to be aware of where you're going into work what agency you're going into work for and and their style so that's certainly not our style and and we pride ourselves on um championing the client um there's certainly a lot of Kate and Co photos on our social media, but but when, you know, our day-to-day work is about our clients. So I think that's a really important difference for us, but but certainly something that's not of interest to me is is making it about making it about us. I do think that's really important. And you can see that out there. I think <laughs> sex in the city, I just always think about Samantha as the publicist. <laughs> Your prime example. <laughs> exactly. Whenever someone asks me what I do for work, Samantha Jones. <laughs> yeah, except not. <laughs> well, we are almost at the end of the interview, which is sad. It was so nice to actually catch up with you. I feel like it's been such a long time and I always end these shows with some quick fire questions. So I've got five ready to roll. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Coffee or tea and how do you take it? Coffee for me and I love just a plain old latte. Good answer. And from Co & Co, of course. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, of course, of course. Uh, your favourite new way of working as a result of COVID? So, for example, a Zoom meeting, working from home, etc. So, working from home was actually a huge benefit to me because I had a six-month-old baby when we went into COVID. So, it actually allowed me to do a lot more work and support the team a lot more whilst being on sort of quasi-maternity leave so I didn't really take maternity leave but it was being able to have that um, flexibility of working from home and looking after my baby was yeah was really really good and even now I mean anyone with kids understands the <laughs> the level of organization you need so currently we still work from home two days a week which will be the way moving forward and that's just a huge help for me doing the pick up or drop off for the kids. Um, so yeah, I think I think that working from home element was was the big positive for me. I agree. And I think it's great too that people the days that they're working from home can duck out at lunch to their appointments and not interrupt when they're with the team face to face. And yeah, yeah. I think look, I think that's one in general, I think everybody thinks that's a huge positive that has come out of COVID. I mean it's probably something we should have been doing already, but it took a pandemic to to kind of push that agenda. But it's yeah. I really, I think it's such a good mix. I think for the team as well, like you say, it also creates a lot of focus time as well when you're at home because, you know, you don't have any distractions. So you can leave all your more kind of detailed work or strategy work or writing um, on a day when you're at home and you can, you seem to get through it quite quickly, I think. Next question, your typical day in media consumption. So I do enjoy um, waking up and checking out Instagram First of all, um, I'm usually awake pretty early, so I, I do I do check that as my first point. And I love the news feed on my phone. I find that really helpful for me because I, I'm quite time poor in the morning with the kids at home. So um, Instagram and the news feed is good. Of late, Jackie Felgate has been a huge help to me with her with her news posts about particularly about COVID, but since then everything else that's going on in the world. So they're probably my key go-tos first thing in the morning. And then throughout the day, I'll be looking more online. So at, you know, um, online newspapers or digital mags like broadsheet. But that first thing in the morning is, is just what's on my phone. My last question, Instagram, Facebook or TikTok? I am an Instagram girl, although I probably don't post as much as I should, but it's my fave social media platform. I can't quite get myself into TikTok as much as I really want to. I just, I just think maybe I'm possibly past that. I'll leave that to the younger team. (laughs) No, but also you don't want to get into TikTok. It wastes so much time. Anyway, that is it from me. So thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And yes, thank you so much for letting this podcast exist because I love producing it and I know that people love listening to it as well. Thank you, Maris. Yeah, we love you hosting and I'm so pleased you're doing an amazing job. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.